don't need a guru to see the beauty inside of me. We're all here for a reason. And if you truly love yourself, you won't need anyone else to show the world what it's like to have freedom. And if you fail to learn the lessons from your past, you condemn to repeat them. How I became the pleasure professor. And why you don't need a guru. Going back to sitting in a police cell is probably where this story starts. Eight hours. First time in a police cell. Wondering what the hell I'd got myself into. Waking up in the morning after a broken sleep and the only people who'd ever understand that are people who slept in a police cell, I suppose. You don't really sleep, do you? And as I walked out, the lawyer said, this is a front page story. You've got a doctor, you've got Viagra, and you've got a model agent. And you've got Harold Shipman all over the papers. So it was about two weeks before that that I'd met Stephen. Bless him. He'd actually come knocking on my front door. I was very blessed at a young age, about 22, to work with somebody incredible who showed me the power of the mind and the power we have to instantly materialise things. And boy, had I put it to the test at this point. Had a model agency and the one thing, a brand new car, brand new house. And the one thing that was missing was this love of my life. And sure enough, he knocked on the door one day. I opened the door about four o'clock in the afternoon. And there he was, this beautiful, strong, six foot three powerlifting champion of Scotland. I looked at him, he looked at me and I was like, I knew instantly. And that was that he came in. Turned out he was... um, visiting his sister over the road, a friend, he'd just come back to Harrogate and a friend that he was about to stay with had said, oh, Louise lives down here, let me go and have a look if I can find her. So she'd come into my house, so he actually knocked on the door looking for her. (laughs) And he got me, she was in there, we were having a coffee. It was a Friday night and my brother was playing in a band and he had about three cups of tea, he didn't want to leave. And I must admit, the conversation was rolling and I didn't want him to leave either. So I said, well, I'm off up to see my brother playing in this band. Would you like to both come? So they both came up with me up to town. I carried on after that and went out drinking in Harrogate with my friends and partying. God, 22 years old, come on, Friday night. And um, unbeknown to me at 12 o'clock, he uh, hadn't been able to get me out of his head and he'd been knocking on my door again, bless him, but I wasn't in, you know. <laughs> I was still out partying. But anyway, forward rewind two weeks later, <laughs> I'm in the cells. Uh, so basically, he'd gone in, to, sent me into this chemist to get these uh, Viagras, written out a prescription for this new wonder drug that had come out. So you've got to try it, you've got to try it, you've got to try it. So he writes me this prescription for about 10 of the bloody things, not four, 10. <laughs> really weird number, because they come in packs of four anyway, so I should have thought that one through. Now, had he written it on a private prescription pad, it would have been absolutely fine, but he didn't. 
he wrote it on an NHS prescription pad that he'd forgotten to hand back. So during this eight hours in the police cells, okay, the um, duty solicitor comes in and uh, says to us, and says to me, well, the main thing I'm saying to him is, is he even a doctor? And um, he's like, yeah, he is a doctor. That was a relief because I was just like, how the hell have I even been arrested here? I've gone in with a prescription pad. I've come out. The police arrive at the chemist. So I've jumped in the car and he's bolted off like a bolt out of the blue. So when I've told him, look, we need to go back and explain the situation, if that's what you think it is, it's just this prescription pad issue. Then um, he turns around and we head back up towards the police station. On the way to the police station, four Black Mariahs pull us over, drag me out of the car, and that's it, banged up, arrested for fraud and deception. So obviously I'm wondering, is East even a doctor? Anyway, um, as we stepped out of there, the, do- the guy said it's going to be front page news, the solicitor. So I said to Stephen, I've got an idea. This is not going to read well, <laughs> especially with the shipman, the doctor, blah, blah, blah. Yes, obviously had it confirmed he was a doctor. So we got to tell our version of events, at which point he obviously cringed. I ran a model agency at the time, as I say, so promotions was a no-brainer for me. It was a lot of what we did. We did all the uh, promotions for big companies. Press was just a thing I'd been doing literally since I was born, to be honest. It felt like, literally, probably since mum sent me in for a photoshoot with calendar when I was three or something. But anyway, um, so it was obvious thing to do to tell our side of the story. So anyway... We do exactly that. I'm photographed sitting on a bed in the posh hotel, I think a Swan Hotel actually in Harrogate, in my stockings and suspenders. And boom, in them days, <laughs> we didn't even really know what the internet was. In fact, so much so that as I was sitting there and they said to me, we're going to send the picture down line, I actually remember saying to them, what do you mean? How do you send it down line? To which point they came back and said, the editor loves it, it's going full colour on the front page. At which point I was absolutely mortified because I'm sat there with all my makeup done, literally, green eyeshadow, red lips, I'd had a makeup artist come in from the agency and do all this makeup for me based on black and white. And if there's any makeup artists and photographers out there, you know exactly what I mean. Morticia had nothing on me. Anyway... Uh, the story went boom, it was on uh, news at 10, we were sitting there, and up comes the paper. My nine orgasms in an hour, whatever the headline grabber was. But to be fair to The Sun, they did do a great double page spread, and they actually said how absolutely disgraceful it was that the officers even bothered to hold us in the police cells when all we were doing was experiments to find out did Viagra work for women. And uh, I could validate, yes, it definitely did, which was groundbreaking stuff. To the point that two days later, £60,000 worth of Viagra is delivered to my doorstep from Pfizer, asking us to sell it for them (laughs) online. Through an online prescription, we worked out if we sold that uh, and could churn out some more stories. Then we would um, make, just on that batch alone, £1.2 So the stories began. wasn't long until we were whisking off for a Viagra wedding with Elvis in Vegas. But we were in love and we were caught in this whirlwind, crazy thing, in between Crown Court appearances and 
worrying was he going to lose his licence and, you know, being madly in love. And loads of great sex, with and without Viagra. Um, crazy, crazy time. But if I, if I actually think about it, that's probably the start of where this came from. And then I moved out to Spain. We left. He just, like, the court case happened. It was fine. He didn't lose his licence. But um, it did come very embarrassing. Because we'd been on every news channel and every um, newspaper on every billboard everywhere. And he was a bit embarrassed going as the new locum doctor in new places. So so let's go set up a practice in Spain where my mum lived. So that's exactly what we did. And it was incredible. Sold my house, um, moved out there, back to the whole practice. And, um, you know, off we went. And it was amazing. We set up the practice. We ended up with a really busy doctor's practice. In that time, I started to retrain, doing psychology and the Open University, learning all of these different therapies, seeing patients. We had the doctor's practices for 10 years and still running today, so that I'm very proud of. But anyway, forward quite a few years. I'm a bit bad with timing of years and things. Basically, going a bit downhill um, when I met him. Because I'd also found out I was addicted to prescription medications when I met him. Not just Viagra. And I managed to, there's another reason why we left. I managed to um, get him into really healthy living, yoga, everything. And we built up this thriving practice and life was great. We had Jordan already and Chloe came along. And wow, our world was complete. We were smashing it at the doctor's practice, to put it bluntly, you know. It was, I think it was about a thousand euros a year. This is after sitting there for about a year and a half, charging £40 a consultation or whatever it was, maybe doing three or four a day, which was a bit of a joke. And on the earnings side, to me coming up with this idea that we'll sell insurance and do our own insurance, and they get covered and they get the well man, well woman medical. Imagine you're out in Spain, not far from Benidorm, the only do- English doctor for miles around. So we smashed it. We were bringing in 80 new clients a week at £1,000 a head. So you can imagine at its peak how thriving the business was with that sort of a subscription model. It was great times. We bought properties out there. We had a fantastic life. And then uh, when I had Chloe, I didn't really think, you know, and... Um, I thought I was going to have this home birth, and I got the pethid in him. Now, because Stephen had come to me from some trauma to do with, um, basically, this lady who had had a child who had left him at nine months pregnant, which I could never get my head around, and there was all sorts of stories floating around as to why that had been, but anyway, he was upset about it, and he, as a doctor, as most doctors do, actually 25% of them, he turned to his prescription pad way before I even met him, so he was on morphine and all sorts of things then, and then what happened was when Chloe came along, I didn't even end up having this pethidine, but I remember going into the clinic one day, and he'd taken the bloody lot. I'd gone in looking for him because he hadn't come home at the weekend and I found him unconscious in the clinic. And the patients were arriving. I had a six-week-old baby. He was unconscious, gone on the missing list all weekend. Literally, the ambulance covered him up. We had to pretend it was a patient and off he went to the hospital. 
and that was the real time when things started to really take a turn for the worse because he became addicted to pretty much every prescription medication going. And I think he had some very deep-rooted things that had told me that happened in his childhood uh, that I won't talk about on this podcast, but not nice things. And he was traumatised, and that's what he was covering up. But anyway, he'd gone back to the addiction patterns that were on some level, I guess, always there. All these years later, after having this clean, beautiful lifestyle, maybe go out partying like once a year, twice a year max, and that was it. We were busy working, so... Yeah, he starts to spiral out of control. I end up with a, about a two-year scenario of this. And one day, I'm getting to the point now of where the pleasure professor comes from. And, incidentally, why you don't need a guru. So, I am literally... He's gone back to England now for rehab, which I finally managed to convince him to do. I had him booked in a place near Durham, which is a nicely tucked away doctor's rehabilitation unit, because they are at that tucked away nicely and um, he'd promised he'd go there and a long story short he didn't end up going there he thought he could self-medicate when he got back to the UK so I was left dealing with these practices it was really busy there was a lot going on two small children and I remember one day I came out of the practice and I was literally on my hands and knees and I prayed and I was dear God Please help me. And I literally remember sitting on the stairs out, outside the clinic. We had two clinics at this point. And I was holding it all together without a doctor, having sold all these insurances, having to pull in other doctors. And I cried and I just broke down. And at that point, I was at complete, what I'd now just know, complete surrender. I was just like, you know, just getting in a pickle with it all, to be honest. Show me, guide me. And I had a good cry and I felt a bit better and I went home. The next morning, I get a phone call out of the blue from Channel 5. Oh, we've seen an article that you've written. Now, the only article I'd ever written was from a guy called Ben, which we'd written about four or five months earlier, where I started to do some relationship therapy and stuff. Anyway, they said, we want you to come on the Trisha Goddard show. So I went on the Trisha Goddard show two weeks later. What psyched myself up for it. Steve's meant to still be getting better in, in England. There was no way I was having him back until he was cleared of all this patterns and drugs and everything. But we always had a sensation and a feeling we'd make it back together one day. Anyway, I've come back uh, to do this show. I was absolutely crapping myself. I am not going to lie. I've never been on TV before. I am the sort of person at this point, I used to skive off school if it was my turn to read out the lines in the English book. I was so, so nervous and petrified of going on this live studio audience. And what I had to do was I had to have this woman who couldn't get undressed in front of the partner and without the light off. Um, and basically have her strutting in front of a live studio audience with her stockings and suspenders on, everyone clapping and woohooing. I thought, oh my God, I hope this works. <laughs> also, it's going to be really sad for her. <laughs> and I'm just going to flop. So by this point, I'd learned all the NLP, psychology, everything, confidence building, the emotional freedom technique. I thought, I'll just throw the book at it. And you only get about 15 minutes, you know. 
and you know a few minutes onset and then about 15 minutes in the back anyway we did it didn't we so she's done it she's pulled an absolute blinder stockings and suspenders husband can't believe it he can't even believe it's his wife the whole place has erupted it's gone crazy the um producers come down to the room the next day and they're like oh my god that was amazing the ways we want you on every week and by the way we're going to give you the title wait for it of the pleasure professor and i remember it it was actually um trisha goddard herself that said that and you know what wow i've still got some of the producers of that show actually on my facebook so if you're there I'll say hi. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. Somewhere that clip's knocking about. But anyway, that was it. And it wanted me on all the time. And it was great. But it was a really challenging testing time. Obviously, um, I'd been going through that with my husband. So anyway, I'm on an elated mood at this point, thinking this is it. I can do a brand around this. I was always an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur since I've been 13 years old. So my brain was going 10 to the dozen, thinking this is it. I can get myself... Well, I'm not just feeling so suffocated with all these responsibilities because even though we had loads of property, we were stretched to the limit, kids in private school, big lifestyle, all the rest of it. We bought new properties, there was mortgages on some of them. I was absolutely drowning in it all because we'd gone too big, uh, too quick really. And without a doctor, it was crippling me on top of everything else. So I thought, right, well, this is it, we'll do it. Um... I'll do it. And I left for the airport all excited and high. And I'd not told Stephen I was coming over. I was literally, um, just like I say, waiting for him to sort his shit out, basically, and he'd be back. And I was about halfway to the airport and the phone rang. And it was the practice manager who I had at the time called Annette. And she rang up and she said, Louise, have you heard the news? I said, no, what news? And she said, Stephen's being found dead at the bottom of a cliff. Oh my God, my whole world fell apart. I couldn't believe how I could have gone from this complete high to this complete low in simultaneously almost at the same time. So instead of getting on the plane all excited and happy and going back to see the kids, I had to go back and tell them that news. So Jordan, my son would have been about eight and my daughter two or three horrible there was a real grieving process and I know he'd fallen out with his family before that and there'd been a whole load of a mess that had gone on of negative energy of this stuff that was all been churning up and it was horrible it was a horrible horrible time but you know what you get through it don't you you get through it and I had to go on that tv show more than ever because I had my family to look after I put the doctor's practices up for sale. I got very lucky with those, uh, sold them. In fact, as I say, I'm very proud to say, God, how long ago was that now? Ooh, um, wow, it's got to be 18, 19 years ago. Wow, 18, 19 years ago, and they're still running today. Isn't that amazing? And I'm literally... Um, reinstating them now because I always kept the name and I never knew why but I'm actually reinstating them now in the business that I'm doing with cutting edge technologies so that's very exciting but yeah I went on that TV show and I became the pleasure professor and I also learned that 
through surrender, you are guided through everything. So when I talked about in podcast two, your higher guidance and how to tune in, ultimately, I have had so much proof of this in my life that all the information for everything we need is actually, and this has been scientifically proved now, it's not actually even in our brain. The majority of information, it's like an antennae, that we can literally go into the cosmos and download information. Or if we just call it consciousness. Okay, so when I say that all the answers are within you, And you don't need a guru. The reason I say that is because all of the information that you need is accessible to you. The issue that we've got is we have lost our connection to source. And there are many reasons for that. Mainly, we need to resonate at a high frequency to be able to tune into all that information And everything about the modern world is suppressing us oscillating at a high frequency. In fact, for us to oscillate at a high frequency of energy, that is the greatest fear for us to truly know our power, our magnificence and who we really are as the divinity. Because everything's within us. The Christ consciousness is within us. The divine is within us. All of the information that has ever been put out into the collective consciousness is within us. Everything is there that we need. But when we are resonating on a fear level, okay, when I talked about this with the map of consciousness, when we're looking at resonating below 400, for example, we can't access that information. Because it literally gets blocked out, clouded, brain fog, you know. And there's things like having fluoride in your water, not having good quality water. Uh, Pesticides and poisons in your food. Negative news. Negative frequencies of sound coming out of the radio. Negative frequencies around us full stop, are what is suppressing us from being able to access this infinite source of everythingness and information which is scientifically proven to be who we truly are. So that is why and how I got called the pleasure professor and more importantly, why we don't need a guru, what we need is to lift our consciousness to the highest possible oscillation that we can. And to do that, we have to have a pure intention of doing something good. Number one, we have to get rid of as many toxins and rubbish out of our system. We have to stop following fake gurus fake advisors, false gods and understand that we can access all the information ourselves. We can literally download it and once we become 
friends with our emotional body and it's all working in sync, we can literally feel what resonates as truth. You don't even need yes-no signals. You will get a hit as to whether it's yes or no. So, of course, another way of doing this is through meditation, through quietening down the noise that's going on in the mind all of the time, because it's that noise that also blocks you being able to access all of the divinity that's there. So it's really, really important that we detoxify ourselves more important than ever. We start switching off the TV, the news, stop allowing these frequencies to come at us, get out into nature, walk, because when we're out in nature, we're in the true essence of what we are. You think about that. A tree doesn't need to go and ask another different tree how it should um, bloom and how it should lose its leaves and how it should do its full purpose, does it? Okay. It just knows. It knows exactly what it's meant to do and it follows what it's meant to do. Look at nature. Let's look at nature. It gives us a lot of clues. Okay. Women should rule the world, by the way. <laughs> look at a dog and a bitch. If there is a dog and a bitch, I don't care the size of them. And I've seen this recently with big Alsatians and my little Bichon Bella. And who's the boss? Bella, because she's the female. She keeps it all in check. You want to look at an organised system, be it in a home that's run, or be it in a corporation that's run, or be it in a world that's run, it's the same. It will be run efficiently, compassionately, and at a higher level of consciousness if it's run by women. And that's not putting men down and that's not to take anything away from them. But they certainly shouldn't be the one with the driving force with all the ideas because all of the ideas are what have ruined the world through greed, through competitiveness, through all of the opposite um, strengths that these men have as opposed to caring, compassion, nurturing, multitasking. Seeing the holistic picture. That's what women do. And that is why women should be in charge of this world. We are more tuned in and emotionally intelligent than men. It's a fact. So the women should be giving the ideas and channeling the ideas. This is why we had, when we were in our booming time, such a perfect, amazing relationship, my husband and I, because I channeled all of the ideas and he stepped up and he was a strong man and he carried them out. And I'm talking for the 10 years or so when he was well, not for the you know, time where he was just off his bloody rock on a load of prescription medications. And sadly, it was recorded accidental death by the coroner after eight months. Nobody knew. But it was accidental death, God rest his soul. But I feel very blessed. He impacted the lives of myself and two children. And I'm sure many, many other people. So I feel very blessed that I shared that time with him. But there has been so many times where I have been at that crumbling point of surrender, 
things have happened, you know. My daughter's had meningitis. I thought she was going to die. I've had, you know, that death of my beloved husband to get over. Nothing's broken me because I know the power of connection, connecting to source, tuning in, praying, being guided. No matter how tough it's ever got, I am guided what to do, when to do it. Doesn't mean to say it's all plain sailing, effortless and easy, you know, because like any anybody, I still get in the way myself of things. But ultimately, once we understand, as I always say, this is earth school and there are tests and there are lessons and there are big exams. And that's what this is. And I've been through some major ones and major graduation events as well. And when we get through them, there's a breakthrough. And it's almost like you have a peaceful time or a positive time or a higher vibrating time and things go really right for you for a while. Okay, nothing comes easy. Okay, it's not easy. Giving birth doesn't, a child, giving birth to our projects isn't easy. It's carrying it, it's forming it. It's tough. It's meant to be tough. Look at how nature works. It isn't just nothing. Look at an amazing violinist or pianist. It's grueling to replay and learn. It takes a long time and dedication. That's how it is. You try and you try and you keep going. And eventually you break through. It's the rules of the game. The game that we call life. So I hope you enjoyed that story. And so, yeah, it looks like I'm uh, being named the pleasure professor again. Uh, how it came about this time? Well, <laughs> well, Jules has got a lot to answer to. Who is an amazing PR who has done some incredible stories with me over the years. And uh, it's been an interesting journey, that's for sure. And he supported me through some times. Of course, when the children were young and after I'd sold the doctors and I moved back to the UK, uh, it was quite important for me to get these stories out. You know, it was what I knew and it got me through uh, many different challenges and, you know, left us in the lifestyle we were accustomed to, you know. Um, it hasn't been an easy road though. It's been a real roller coaster. And I'm grateful to every single minute of it. I believe that it's how life should have been lived, fearlessly. And I've got two beautiful children at the end of it who are grown up now. So I'm very proud of them. We made it. We got through it all. Uh, but yeah, in my book, Decent Proposal, there's some pictures. You can download it from the website. We're giving it away for free. There's pictures of those front pages. Um, pictures of Steve and us when we were little. Probably wedding pictures as well the best wedding in Vegas but yeah surrender my friends because all of the information that you need to progress your life is already there we've just got to connect we've become disconnected and your suffering is coming from disconnection so humble yourself surrender absolutely everything in you to the divine you call it God you call it Jesus as your way there you call it the Lord, you call it source energy, you call it the highest knowing intelligence or collective, um, highest 
level of consciousness. Call it what the hell you like. I don't care. But know that there is a more intelligent source of everything that has created us. Far more intelligent. Look how many things the human body is simultaneously doing at one time. And you tell me that that isn't completely and utterly divine. So I'll leave that one with you guys. I send you lots of love. I'm looking forward to doing the next podcast, which as we've just gone blasting out in the media, I think may have to be a little bit more naughty and sexy. And by the way, after that, I did um, study Tantra for many years because I was determined to know about the power of orgasm without Viagra. And I did go on some crazy sexual adventures to live up to my name, probably, of this pleasure professor. And I coached a lot of couples and I coached a lot of singles because, of course, the biggest erogenous zone is actually the brain. So when we know how to work with that, we can achieve all of these incredible sensations. And we can also do it in a way that is inviting in the divine rather than anything less than. So that's something I've learned over the years as well, which has been a fascinating, fascinating journey. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you on more podcasts. But yeah, it's probably been, oh, yeah, 25 years in the making, that name, Pleasure Professor. And I can assure you it's very well earned. (laughs) Send you love. Speak soon. Bye for now.